This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? abundance lover, or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. They just represent bullshit. Why? They represent like a fun party. No, they don't, honey. You don't read the news on Hello, hello, hello. I'm Danny Pellegrino, and welcome to Everything Iconic. I have a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to be recapping this week's Real Housewives of New York, which is truly just morphed into Girls Gone Wild, and I mean that as a compliment. It is a full-blown comedy now, and I just laugh out loud a million times an episode, so we're going to be talking about that. 
Also, this week's Real Housewives Beverly Hills, which I thought was great. And I have two very special guests. One of them is from the show Family Karma, which has its finale this Sunday night. I'm loving Family Karma on Bravo, so I hope you guys are watching it too. At the end of this podcast, I'll have a little chat with Bali, who's on Family Karma. And then also, look, you guys, I've had so many wonderful guests on this show. I have another great guest coming on Monday that was a dream guest. But out of all the people I've had on this show, there is still one person that eludes us all, someone who I get requests all the time. Everyone asks me, when are you going to have Linda Pellegrino on the podcast? Queen icon Linda, Linda Pellegrino, my mother, who I love dearly, she's in Ohio, and she made like a brief appearance very early on, but I've gotten a lot of requests. Of course, you guys know her saga with the bold-ass woodpecker at her house and all her critters. Well, the other day, I was talking to her on the phone, and it was right after I had done this really big interview that'll be out on the show on Monday. And I have told you guys, I always call my mother like when I have something exciting going on or if I really need someone to talk to, I'm in a low place. You know, I call her when I'm in extremes, right? So I just finished this interview. I was so excited. So I call up my mother and she just goes on and on about the bold ass woodpecker again. Well, I had my recording equipment out. It was like all ready. So I may or may not have just hit record on my recorder <laughs> and put the phone on speaker and recorded a little brief thing of my mother talking about her critters. Because everyone always asks me about the critters. That's another question I get constantly. Is like, what's going on with the bold-ass woodpecker in your mom's yard? And so I have a brief update for you guys. This is straight from Linda. Now look, did she know I was recording? Maybe not. Maybe not. But she did tell me one time that uh, she was too shy to do the show. So she did say once, uh, sort of offhand, Like, if you want to record me, just do it without me knowing. So I did it without her knowing. And I just want to play a brief little clip uh, of her talking about her bold-ass woodpecker. Now it's over by the the bedroom you sleep in, by that bathroom, on the side, right by the porch. So if you're standing on the side porch, you can see right where the woodpecker pets. And it's still bold? It's a bold-ass woodpecker, Danny. Oh and I God. do mean, because the other night I went in there and I was poking, like hitting the wall, hitting the wall to, well, I thought maybe it would scare it, no? I was hitting it right where I could hear it. You were trying to scare the woodpecker away? Well, I, I, was, I just thought maybe it would get annoyed and just leave or something, you know? I don't, why is it like your house so much? They like wood, Danny. Sue says she has them in Florida, too. They like, in in our house, we have that strip of wood up top there underneath the gutter, which I think we should replace one day with, uh, because they're chewing that wood. They're going to chew a big hole in it. We got our chipmunks under control. Dad bought these things and put them in the ground. What do you you mean? You had chipmunks, too? We had chipmunks, yeah. Chipmunks had just, just a ton of them in this yard. They were coming up on my patio. Well, the woodpeckers are annoying, though. They make all the noise. Yeah, they just... I can hear them in the one tree in my ne- next to me. There's one in the tree that I constantly... Like, when I walk, I hear... You know? And Danny, you're not recording me, are you? That bold-ass woodpecker is her arch nemesis. She said, it's a bold-ass woodpecker, and I do mean bold. And then she was telling me, they like wood, Dan. Like, as if she's teaching me something I didn't know. Like, woodpeckers like wood. Like, no shit, Mom. It's, the name wood is in the name. <laughs> woodpecker. They like wood, Danny. 
She was saying it like that was the first time I was hearing it. They like wood, Danny. Like I was surprised that they like wood. Oh, thanks for teaching me that, Ma. <laughs> like, I love her. And then my dad's in the background, just, I don't know, mumbling or something. I mean, that's the saga. That's what uh, Linda and Gary are going through in quarantine in Ohio. I just wanted to give you guys that update. They like wood, Dan. No shit. <laughs> no shit. Oh, I love her. I love her. Don't you guys, don't tell her that I played that for you guys. Don't tell her. If you see her out in the wild, if you're a family member that's listening to this podcast, don't tell her. My mom only listens to the podcast when I have a guest she knows of. So she's not listening to this on the day to day. So please don't tell her in the wild. Let's keep it between us girlfriends. Um, but that's the update. That's the update. So shall we hit Real Houses of New York, the best comedy on television? Shall we get into it? Now, we open with that phone call between Lou and Ramona. Lou's still upset about the lower level. Just, I will not ever not make me laugh. I will always laugh when I hear the word lower level. I'll never not laugh at that because now I just picture Luann being so pissed about the basement. And Ramona, again, is just being so nice. She said, I'm owning it, that uh, Luann had a right to be upset. And I don't know what's going on with Ramona, why she's being so nice, but I'm on the edge of my seat with it. Like, I'm expecting the shoe to drop, and she's going to be an asshole very soon. But right now, she's being very nice. Even later in the episode, when Lou was flirting with that tennis instructor, Ramona's like, Lou's got a great body. You know, she always used to have a great body, but now she's got an even better body. And she's just, like, complimenting the shit out of Lou. And it's not going to last. And I am on the edge of my seat. Speaking of the tennis instructor, though, the guy's name is Adriano... He comes by, he's a tall drink of water. Ramona flirts with him. Dorinda said at one point that her tits were out. She was ready to play tennis. <laughs> These women are crazy, and I love it. I'm so happy when I talk about Roni. I just feel a sense of peace, a sense of excitement. I feel it all. And when they were playing tennis, I couldn't have been happier. You know I love when they play tennis on this show. And Lou came by, she left her house and came by the basement. <laughs> she came by the lower level home. And she just starts flirting with this guy. She starts talking in Italian to him. And I love when Luann is flirting. It's very aggressive. She, she's so trying to impress this man as she's playing tennis. And she really is, because Ramona's not doing well. She kept uh, missing the ball and yelling things like fiddle-faddle and oh shit. Fiddle-faddle, she kept saying. Meanwhile, she doesn't know what touche is or what touche means. Have you guys caught on with that? She like just learned what touche means, but she knows what fiddle-faddle means. I'm like, I'm like what the fuck is fiddle-faddle, Ramona? Why does she keep saying fiddle-faddle? But... <laughs> She's saying fiddle-faddle. And then uh, Luann is just flirting with this guy. After they finish playing tennis, she says, Are you single? You can meet someone anytime, even today. <laughs> that cookie monster impression. Anyway, then he says, Probably not today. So Luann is trying to flirt with this man and say, Look, you can meet someone right now. Maybe you just met someone right now that you can fall in love with forever. She's doing that thing like dropping him hints that, Hey, I'm into you. And he is not picking up those hints. Not even in the slightest. Adriana does not give a fuck about Luann. And she's trying hard. She's being very aggressive, but he's not having it. Not having it. Meanwhile, Ramona goes over to the grill, and she's trying to get that grill started. And I can watch a full series of that. Let's put that on the Food Network. Food Network needs to pick up a show where it's just Ramona at the grill. She's making hot dogs, hamburgers. I don't even care what she's grilling. I just want to see her working a grill, because that's enough for me. Uh, Dorinda's inside, and she's making frosé with that machine she gifted last week. So Dorinda brought that machine over, the frosé. And of course, then, she's trying to sell the frosé machine. I think Dorinda got that frosé machine as like a gift. I think somebody sent it to her. It was like a free thing. 
And you know how we always like to re-gift. So she was going to Ramona's house. She's like, wow, what can I bring over there as a hostess gift? And she looked in the corner of her house, saw that rosé machine. She's like, I'm going to bring her that. But I don't think Dorinda was very confident in that gift. So now she's trying to oversell it. So when she brought it over a couple weeks ago, God, I can't believe we've been in Ramona's house for like three weeks now. They're really getting a lot of mileage out of this trip, aren't they? Anyway, when she brought that over, I felt like she was very overly excited about the Frosé machine to give it to Ramona. And this week, we saw her really selling it to the other women. She's like, we're making Frosé. And then Luann's like, well, I don't drink. And she's like, we'll make virgin ones. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Ramona is getting ready for like a lunch. She's still being an asshole to Leah, though. Even though Ramona's nice to Luann, she's still being a dick to Leah. And she's like, thanks for setting the table, Leah. Because Leah didn't set the table, so she was being sarcastic. And Ramona just can't help herself. They all have to say, like, hey, Ramona, why are you acting this way? You should have hired help. If you didn't want to host, you should have either hired someone to help or ordered out food. I don't know why Ramona didn't order out takeout. I'm not sure. But they finally do sit down for lunch. And because Luann had missed in last week's episode when they all had to reveal something vulnerable, they make her reveal something vulnerable now. So, of course, Luann missed the game last week. So, Luann's vulnerable moment is that yesterday it was very hard for her not to drink. And I want to say something. These women very clearly want Luann to drink. They very clearly, and I just think maybe they shouldn't get blackout drunk in front of her all the time. That's just a suggestion. Again, I'm not sure if Luann's an alcoholic. I know she's had trouble with alcohol, and I don't think she should be drinking. We learned last season, at one point, she was running around in a field or something, and Bethany had to call someone to come get her, or call the police or something. Wasn't she running with a negligee in a forest or a field or something? So, look, that's not someone who doesn't have a problem with alcohol. Have we all gotten a little too drunk sometimes? Sure. I've never gotten too drunk that I've assaulted a police officer and then ran in a field with my negligee on. It's never happened to me. Uh, so I can only assume that that's like maybe a slight issue with alcohol. We also know that Luann was attending AA meetings last season. So now that we're having this new narrative that Luann suddenly never had a problem with alcohol, I do understand if they're like, well, she had maybe a little bit of an issue, but she's gotten past it and she's going to try to reintroduce alcohol in her life. But even then, I just feel that these women maybe shouldn't get blacked out in front of her. That's like where I draw the, I understand if they want to have a frosé in the afternoon, a casual cocktail in the evening, but these women are blacking out. They're truly blacking out. Later in the episode, which we'll get to, there was so much debauchery going on. I don't think that any of those women remember anything from that evening. And they did it willy-nilly right in front of Luann, right in front of her. And so maybe they shouldn't, but who am I to judge? We're here to enjoy the show, but uh, you know, I don't know if Luann's enjoying that show. It must be really hard for someone who struggles with alcohol, to see uh, these women getting so plastered that they're taking their blouses off and running around and throwing the tiki torches all over the grass of Ramona's home. <laughs> those tiki torches. The things that those tiki torches have seen, those tiki torches were just running, flying through the air like they were kites. They were just flying in the air. Leo was getting so upset. We'll get there, but Leo was getting so upset at those tiki torches. Well, I don't know when the tiki torch offended Leah, but she was not happy with that tiki torch. She must have had a bad experience somewhere along the way. She was triggered by those torches. And I've never seen anything like it. Those torches, I mean, she had some sort of issue. I wonder what it was in her past. I wish we could flash back. That's the kind of time when I wish these shows were scripted. 
Because in a regular scripted drama or comedy, we would flash back and we would see Leah having like a very serious uh, issue with a tiki torch in a summer of 86 or something. You know what I'm saying? But instead, we're not getting that because it's not scripted. But something happened. A tiki torch offended Leah at some point. And I need answers. We need to get Leah on the line. Let's get Leah on the line. Uh, anyway, then um, these two dog groomers come over, Ed and Michael. And Lou's already ready to fuck from the tennis guy. Excuse my language, but it is what it is. Uh, she was already to, ready to get down with Adriano. And now the dog groomers come over and she's settling for them. She's like, well, you know, I'll fuck one of them. And she even said right when they walked in Ramona's house, she said, I'd like to be groomed. And look, Luann, horny Luann is my favorite Luann. It's my favorite one. I love all the versions of Luann. She's come a long way. She showed us so many sides of herself. But horny Luann is truly the best. And there's nothing more relatable in this time of quarantine when we're all cooped up in our houses alone, being socially distant. I think everyone's hornier than ever. And so seeing Luann on screen horny for the dog groomer, I mean, that's a subplot of Best in Show that we didn't get that I would like to get. Although I guess we sort of got it with um, two of the characters in, in Best in Show. But I, I wish Luann could have appeared in Best in Show, is what I'm saying. I wish she was in that Christopher Guest movie, trying to fuck the dog groomer. Trying to fuck it. Uh, anyway, they are all really, really horny. And Sonia, <laughs> Sonia even says in her confessional, I think, or in the scene, she says, this is a full-service home for Lou. Hot dog groomers and tennis instructors. And they're right. They're right. And Ramona says, if there's a man in the house, Luann is on it. <laughs> they're not wrong. Then there was one point that I found very troubling, where the dog groomer gave Luann a massage. And I was a, a bit confused here. Uh, let's take a journey. I was a bit confused. Was he also a massage therapist? Maybe he said that and I missed it, but I was really thinking when he was massaging Luanne de Lesseps' shoulders, I, I thought, what? Well, he just groomed the doggy, And now he was just instantly massaging Luanne. Did he, A, wash his hands? B, is this something he does on the side, or is this his main hustle? Is dog grooming his side hustle? Furthermore, was he assistant to the other guy? What was the relationship there? Did they both own the dog grooming company? Did the dog groomer just bring along a massage therapist as backup? What's going on here? What are the logistics of ordering this dog grooming service that also has a massage therapist? Is it unprofessional for the dog uh, groomer to suddenly be massaging the client's owner? Is that something that's usual? Now, again, I don't have a dog. Maybe some of you out there who own a dog and have a groomer come over, maybe you could enlighten me. Do they normally send a massage therapist over to give a massage to the owner? I'm not sure. But it seemed to be the case when uh, Ed and Michael, the dog groomers, came over to Ramona's and then just started uh, giving Luann a massage. And I believe that she orgasmed. I believe that Luann climaxed while she was getting massaged by the groomer. And you could see it in her face. I think she was certainly trying to hide it. She, was, she knew she was on camera, but I believe that she climaxed. And again, sorry for the foul language or the inappropriate thoughts, but it, it's what I'm thinking. I'm recapping the episode, and I believe that Luann climaxed. And I'm happy for her, and I support that. You know, if you can get it, get it where you can get it, is what I'm trying to say. And bravo to Luann for getting it with the dog groomer. But uh, the logistics of it really baffled me. Meanwhile, everyone else was there. Did the other women get jealous that they weren't getting massaged by the groomer? What was going on? What was going on? Sonia even said, we don't get buffed and puffed like that. Sonia was concerned. She said, I didn't get buffed and puffed like that. Why did Luann? 
Um, and then there was this very awkward kiss. Luann just kissed the dog groomer very awkwardly and then asked if he made house calls. She just asked the dog groomer if he made house calls. And I don't know if she meant for the massage or the grooming. Unclear. Unclear. But Luann was not going to let this man leave. I believe that Luann climaxed again that evening with this dog groomer. I believe she called him for a grooming of Aston. Her dog was her dog with her? Unclear. But I believe that she called him over. She probably had someone uh, ship Aston, her dog, into the Hamptons for the night so she could call the dog groomer. And then when the dog groomer got there, I believe they did it. I do. That's my truth. And I believe that that's what happened. And I'm not sure if that breaks a code of ethics amongst the dog groomers. We're not sure. If any dog groomers are out there, maybe you can let me know. Do you have to sign a code of ethics? I know oftentimes journalists, there's people who work for the government that have to sign things. But dog groomers are, maybe they, they don't have HR departments. I don't know if that dog groomer, or groomer had an HR department, but certainly Luann would have been in violation. And so would this dog groomer uh, after that massage, I believe. Anyway, we, we better move on. I think I just did 10 minutes about the dog groomer fucking Luann. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then we cut to nighttime. I like seeing them all do their own hair and makeup. That's really fun. Uh, and then there was this brief little moment where Sonia told Tinsley not to look at her dogs like they're fat. And that was just a fun little brief moment. It's, those are things that you don't see on the other franchises, right? Like on Beverly Hills or Orange County, you're not going to get a little moment like that. On New York, you just get this great little comedic aside of Sonia telling Tinsley not to look at the dogs like they're fat. You're just not wrong. Not wrong. So then everyone's ready at Ramona's house for this evening. Ramona's friend Jeff arrives. He's a real creeper. And apparently he makes a great lasagna and is an expert pianist. I don't know why he's there. And the shift here is so funny to me because if you remember back to season one, Ramona, there was an infamous dinner where uh, Alex brought Simon to the girls' night dinner, and Ramona got so offended. She said, this is a girls' night. It ruins the whole vibe when there's a guy here. She was so offended that Simon was at this girls' night. And here she is 10 seasons later, where she's inviting this guy Jeff to a girls' night. And it was just so funny to me that Ramona has come so far. Now she's horny, too. And this Jeff tried to flirt with her a little bit. I loved it. I loved it. And meanwhile, Leah starts drinking. Leah is drinking, and Tinsley says, if Leah wants a drink, as long as it's around me, because it'll be fine then. But let me tell you something. We all knew from the preview that Leah was going to get fucked up, and she really did. She delivered. She delivered. They all played a little beer pong or wine pong, or they played pong outside. Uh, Sonia, everyone was getting drunk. Then that Elise arrives, who Elise is like a friend this season. She arrives, and... These women just get into mischief. They just get into a lot of mischief. Sonia asked Luann at one point, Luann, did you bring my vibrator? And I have a lot of questions here. Why does Luann have your vibrator? Are you guys sharing a vibrator? Did she borrow it? Did you just get a new one and ask Luann to bring it to the home? Did Luann just have a bunch of vibrators at her home? And so when she was at her home, Sonia asked to bring one of the new vibrators to Ramona's house. What was going on here? Why did Luann have Sonia's vibrator? Maybe this is something that happens amongst women. They share them. I'm not sure. Uh, but apparently, Luann had one of Sonia's vibrators. And Leah correctly pointed out, she asked a very important question. I'd say this, uh, this means Leah's a bit of a journalist. She said, what, are you going to masturbate for everyone? 
That's what she said to Sonia when Sonia was calling for her vibrator. And I thought, you know, not a bad question. Not a bad question here. So then uh, they do eventually get that dildo or that vibrator out. And Sonia's just shoving it in people's face. She's drunk. And they're all insulting this Jeff character. This Jeff, they're all insulting everyone right to his face, just insulting him. And he's just taking it with a smile. Just smiling through at that Jeff. At a, he was made of Teflon. Everything was just sliding right off Jeff. They called him an asshole, or basically, and he just was sitting around. I would have left. I would have left at some point. I, eventually, they told him, like, get the fuck out, and he did. But he should have taken the hints earlier. Jeff was really not good at social cues. Jeff needs to take a class or something, because he didn't seem to understand any one of the social cues. When the women are throwing the vibrator in your face, maybe it's time to leave the party and let the women have their night together. They don't want, they don't want you around, Jeff. They don't want you around. There's also this thing that's brewing between Ramona and Dorinda. So we already know that Ramona hates uh, John Medesian, the drag cleaner. And she's bringing it up to Dorinda again. Apparently, there was a time when Ramona told Dorinda that she'll eventually have a new man. And I actually think Ramona's right here. I think even Dorinda and John might not be together anymore. I think they broke up. But... Uh, Ramona's right, and Dorinda should have someone else. I don't think Dorinda really likes John. It's always seemed to me like a bit of a convenience relationship. I don't know. Uh, But Dorinda's starting to get drunk, and I'm excited about that. Because you know when she's drunk, she's just yelling things like, I don't care if you're the biggest character in the world. I'm in my house, and what the fuck is going on? Drunk Dorinda is my fave. Drunk Slorinda, you can't understand a word, but it's great TV. It's great TV. Uh, anyway, Tinsley and Leah, they get into the pool and get naked. And I was very happy that Tinsley is letting loose. I like to see Tinsley letting loose because she's normally so put together. And I think Tinsley's, more than anyone else on the show, most worried about how she's coming across on camera. And that is something that all the other franchises have in all the women. I think most of the other franchises, every single cast member is consciously thinking about how they look on camera. But on New York, when Tinsley does it, it sticks out because the rest of the women on New York are just so fancy free. Like, they don't give a fuck about how they look. So it always makes Tinsley stick out, but she's letting loose. And that's when Leah really lets loose on the tiki torches. She says, I hate these tiki torches. They represent bullshit. And then Tinsley says, they represent just party. And then Leah goes, read the news! (laughs) Then Dorinda's drunk, and she's really trying to defend John. She says, John represents my friend. He's different. He's my family. John will go to the fire with me. I am about the foundation of the house, not the curtains and the flooring. That's what she said. She's (laughs) Even when she's drunk, she's metaphoring. She says, I'm about the foundation of the house. Not the curtains and the flooring. Mmm. Mmm. Wise words, Dorinda. Wise words. Meanwhile, she's vaping it and trying to hide. She's vaping. Do you guys catch the vape? It's happened a few weeks now. She's sneaking a vape. And I'm here for it. You know I love when any of the housewives smoke on camera. I do not agree with smoking. But I love when someone on Bravo does it. Because, again, it just means they're, they don't have any inhibition on camera. That's why it's always a good sign when somebody smokes on reality TV, because it means they have zero inhibition 
and they don't even care how they're coming across with smoking on camera. Because it's really taboo now to smoke on camera. So I'm really here for her vaping and trying to hide it. Trying to hide it. So then uh, Ramona says that John gets other people's numbers. And then she also says that Dorinda was different than she was seven years ago. So before John, Ramona says Dorinda was very different. And I believe that. I don't think that John... Uh, look, I, we barely know Dorinda. We've been with her a few years. But I don't think that John is a really good influence on Dorinda. She, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm led to believe. Meanwhile, Sonia slinks outside. And she wants to get in the pool with Tins and Leah. And she, so she takes her blouse off and jumps on in. She says, I'm seeing double and feeling single. All right, I'm coming. <laughs> and that's when Leah throws one of the tiki torches. And Sonia joins in. And I'm thinking they're going to set a fire. There's going to be uh, little fires everywhere. In the words of Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington, there's going to be little fires everywhere because these two are just throwing tiki torches. Uh, like they're koosh balls and they're Rosie O'Donnell in 1998. I mean, they are just tossing them everywhere. Those tiki torches were just going every which way but loose. And they were on fire. They weren't just unlit. These were on fire, the tiki torches, and they threw them into the open grass. And I am shocked. They were touched by God. Now, I don't know if there's some sort of protection on these tiki torches that they don't set things on fire, but I believe that these women were touched by God. I believe that God, whoever she is, came down and protected that yard that night. I believe there was another. I don't know what you believe in spiritually, but I believe that there was another. And she came down as a spirit, as a ghost. We know that this show is spiritual. We've seen it before when Richard appeared as a balloon to Dorinda. The ghost of Richard once appeared as a balloon on this show. So I believe that this show features another cast member that didn't get a tagline, and that's a ghost. And I believe that ghost appeared that night and protected that yard from little fires everywhere because they were throwing those lit torches in the wild and not a single fire. There was not a single fire. It was like they immediately went out, the tiki torches. If that's not spiritual uh, spirituality coming in and making a change, then I don't know what is. That's another. The ghost of Richard came down that day and said, I need to protect Dorinda. And I didn't see a balloon, but maybe there was a balloon. I'd like to see some unseen footage. Maybe at the end of the season, you know how they show us those episodes, like the shit, the shit they should have shown? I believe that the camera people, the editors, should look at that footage. Take another look if you're listening. I believe there might be a balloon that we see, because someone protected them that night from those little fires everywhere. They truly did. So then uh, Sonia's trying to kiss them all, too. She said, I want to kiss. <laughs> I love that. Sonia always just gets horny, too, and she's drunk when she's sober. She's horny for anyone. Um, meanwhile, back in the kitchen, Dorinda's slurring. She says, don't say anything mean about him anymore. It broke my heart. And then they do this flashback to one of my favorite side characters that's ever appeared on The Real Houses of New York, and his name is Ray. And that's a flashback that I could see every single episode when Ray's yelling at Dorinda's face, he's trash. He's trash. I love, I love Ray. He was a star. He was gone too soon. I know he's not passed, but he passed on this show. And I would like to see him again. Where's Ray? Justice for Ray. Hashtag where's Ray. Uh, anyway, then we get this brief little... We get this little aside from Sonia, where she says in the pool, she says, when I was dating John McEnroe, 
he would get into the hot tub with his undies on. And I said, huh? I did a Tim Allen. I said, huh? What did you just say, Sonia? When I was dating John McEnroe, he would get into the hot tub with his undies on. Now, I have a lot of questions. When did Sonia Tremont Morgan date John McEnroe? Was this common knowledge? Did I just miss this? What is going on? I need one of those episodes like they did with Luann that one time. Remember that special documentary they did where it was like before they were housewives and Luann was uh, reporting live from a TJ Maxx? Do you guys remember that? I don't know if you watched that, but there was a documentary that Bravo aired about Luann's life before she was a housewife, and I need that on Sonia. Now that we're in the time of COVID-19, can we please get those episodes back? I think they can edit those right now. In quarantine, I think we can get one of those episodes out. Let's get a Sonia Tremont Morgan uh, episode about her. I need to know everything about her in this time that she dated John McEnroe. Anyway, she eventually convinced Tinsley to take her bra off. Leah said to Tinsley, and I quote, your titties are perfect. And Dale's not going to be happy about this. Dale. Dale is not going to be happy when she sees Tinsley out in the pool with her girls gone wild. She's not going to be happy about it. But you know what? I'm excited to see Dale unhappy about it. I can't wait for Dale to come on screen. Dale. Anyway, <laughs> Dorinda. Dorinda comes by and she says, uh, Leah needs to cover up. And then we get this weird scene between Dorinda and Leah, where Leah came into the house and she had her boobies out. She put a cover up on, but you could see her boobies. And Dorinda was like offended by the boobies. And then Dorinda sees like wing tattoos on Leah's vagina. And at some point, Dorinda said to Leah, I'm going to make you a star. It was a very strange moment when Dorinda, this was when Dorinda and Leah went into the bathroom. This is a group of girls that haven't seen a midriff for 20 years. Now we got a midriff and nipples. It's too much. I'm going to make you a star. Sorry. Okay, put this off. Why are so wings on your vagina? Because they fly. No, but no, no, they don't fly. Anyway, uh, that's when Ramona leaves to go to the party. And uh, she didn't even feel bad. She says, I don't feel bad leaving. And I thought, good for her. Everyone's drunk here. Let her go to the party and meet a man. Uh, then Luann leaves too. Sonia says, I'm going to stay here and party with the other tramps, <laughs> which I loved. I loved it. Uh, and then Sonia and Elise start talking. And Elise apparently knew Sonia's JP Morgan before. Uh, she knew Sonia and JP before they got divorced. And so, again, I'd like to know more about that relationship. Then Leah is in the kitchen yelling about losing a last name. She yells at Tinsley to lose Mortimer and lose Morgan. Now, I got to say, this is the point in the episode where things really got nuts. This is where it really got nuts. Everyone was just shouting things drunk. And I was, I, I was taking notes, but I was truly just giddy with everything that was happening. Leah was shouting, 1985 is gone. It's over. Fuck JP Morgan. Um, and then that's when Sonia replied with, give me another one. I'll fuck him too. And then Dorinda says, you're not a Morgan, darling. I mean, they were all just shouting. Sonia at one point said, I am the blue book. I mean, it was all uh, crazy. Leah said to Tinsley, don't get all socialite with me. Tinsley. And then Sonia said, don't get all socialist with me. I mean, literally, they're all just yelling things. Sonia's yelling about being socialist. What what the fuck was going on? (laughs) No one knows what they were saying. Then Sonia went to pee and Leah just barged right in. 
that's an invasion of privacy. And the camera people were there too. We were all there while Sonia was just taking a leak and Sonia, or Leah barged in. I mean, it was truly insanity. And Sony's yelling at her, you don't know, you never lived it. And then they almost fucked. Like, did you guys notice that? It was like, they were yelling at each other, Leah and uh, Sonia. And then they were looking at each other like they were going to kiss. I thought for sure they were going to kiss. I mean, I've watched a lot of rom-coms in my day. And usually when the tension builds that high, that's when they kiss. And they, these two almost did. I mean, they're giving us everything. They're giving us romance. They're giving us drama. They're giving us comedy. They're giving us tension, drama, everything. These women on The Real Housewives of New York, uh, Roni is giving it to us all. Every last bit of emotion we're getting on screen. This is a show for the ages. Truly so good. They hug, they fight. Sonia left the bathroom without washing her hands. And, you know, that's how we have this issue with coronavirus. And not to bring us down. But maybe if Sonia would have washed her hands, we wouldn't be dealing with the COVID-19 crisis we are now. I paid attention. She did not wash those hands. She didn't wash those grippers. I paid, I rewound it. Sonia did not, did not wash her grippers. And look, we're in this mess now because people weren't washing their hands. And there are, uh, I mean, other issues too, of course. But who knows? We, I don't know if we're even sure where COVID-19 started, but perhaps we're seeing it unfold on screen on Bravo because Sonia did not wash those grippers. Anyway, uh, then uh, we, Elise says um, at the end of the night, if this group went into group therapy, the therapist would commit suicide. And that's how the night ends. The next day, Sonia and Dorinda do face masks. Ramona comes in. The place is a mess. The vibrator's in the chicken. The house is ruined. That vibrator in the chicken. I mean, that was, uh, that was the metaphor for the whole episode. The vibrator just in the kitchen the next day. I mean, in the chicken. The house was ruined. Ramona was taking it much better than expected, which leads me to believe that she got some last night. I believe that Ramona got some man last night. She hooked up with a man. I know it. I don't know if it was a dog groomer or a massage therapist or a tennis instructor or someone else. But Ramona definitely did get some the night before because she was taking this all too well when that house was ruined. She did yell at Dorinda and Sonia. She said, get your asses down here. Uh, But she took it pretty well. She took it pretty well. I just love this trip so much. There was also a great moment where Sonia was brushing the dog with Dorinda's brush. Really love that. And look, I love this trip. This was one of the best trips, and it happened so early on in the season. It happened at just a normal location. It wasn't like they had to go overseas or something. These women are just fantastic. It's the women. You know, normally I think that we have to get them at the Berkshires for this kind of craziness to happen, but we're not even at the Berkshires and they're just giving it to us. So I couldn't be happier. I think they're wilder than ever because Bethany's not there. And so they knew they needed to step up, but it's just beautiful. I love that Leah hates the tiki torches. I love that Tinsley woke up asleep with pasta in her bed. I loved it all. I loved it all. Next week, it's fashion week. We get a little scene from Dale. We get some Leah versus Sonia. It's all good. Everything's good. I'm happy as a clam. Thank God for this show. Let's get to Beverly Hills, shall we? Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. 
That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in L.A. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, They just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, And also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, Again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to Get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. The few things that come the stuff about the house, the stuff about bankruptcy, the stuff about frozen accounts, the stuff about these are con artists. How do you answer that? Because it follows you. It doesn't, it doesn't go away. You ignoring it doesn't make it go away. I answer that. But I, I answer that by knowing who I am. Beverly Hills week two, you guys. I was expecting Beverly Hills to be a flop this week. I truly was. I'm honest with you guys. I thought the premiere was brilliant, beautiful, perfect. But I thought we'd come back from the premiere and the show would suck. Now, this episode wasn't hugely dramatic, 
but they are taking chances on Beverly Hills that I was not expecting them to take. I think it is rejuvenated this franchise, and I'm very excited about the whole season. I think it's fantastic. The thing that I love most is hearing that producer's voice in the confessional talking to the women. And it's so refreshing. They're again breaking that fourth wall. They're pulling back the curtain. And it's giving us, I actually think that maybe they didn't have a lot for this season. And so they were like, you know what? We got to do something different. And so they're doing something different with this season. They are taking chances with the editing. I like how they're editing those uh, people reading the text conversations. I like that we saw the green screen last week. The editors, the producers of this show are doing such a brilliant job. And I applaud them if they're listening. I just think they can't be doing a better job. They're making the season so worthwhile, and I'm feeling so excited about it. Even on an episode where we're not really getting much, I'm like, holy shit. Even there was a scene where Denise, of course, finds out that she has like six hernias. Which, wow, Denise, wow. How did you not know you had all those hernias? I mean, I know she said she knew she was in pain, but that's like a lot of fucking hernias that she just was like, well, didn't realize until I went under that I had a hundred hernias. And look, Denise is a tough cookie. They even said it, somebody said it, that she walked in that fashion show and looked fine and she had a hundred hernias. She was fine, happy as a clam. But uh, they did some weird editing there where they like fast forward through the surgery. They're just taking a lot of risks. And I like it. Oh, and my favorite part, you guys, my absolute favorite part is we had a Dorit confessional where she's sitting down next to PK. And this was this PK's first confessional? I'm not sure. PK, he was in a confessional with Dorit. And they both never looked more like con people. I've never seen two people on camera look more like con people. I've watched a lot of TV. I've watched a lot of dramas. My boyfriend, Matt, watches every murder mystery under the sun. He's got the Oxygen Network on all day. He's got, I don't know what those channels are, but he watches that snapped show. So I've seen it. I don't watch them religiously, but I've seen it out of the corner of my eye. I see those kind of con people all day long. And let me tell you something, Dorit and PK have never looked more like con people than they did when the producer was asking them why people think they're con men. And their answer was not convincing. They were eating mints or I don't know, they were eating something, shoving something in their mouth as they were answering this question. And I got goosebumps. It was a moment I was not expecting at all. The producer just says, why is the house that you got, the new house that they got, the producer says, why is it in Dorit's name and not both of your names? And I thought, holy shit, the producers are going there. I can't believe they're going there. And Dorit just has to sit and take it. Because last season on the show, that was our big complaint. Like, they're not addressing the lawsuit stuff. And now the producers are like, well, if you want to be on the show, you're going to have to talk about all that shit. And Gosh, I just love these producers. I'm so happy that they listened to the fans, what we were all complaining about, and they have done a 180, and it's just so good right now. It's so good. There was also a moment in PK's confessional where he was making sounds or something. Uh, But the producers definitely told Dorit and PK that they had to be more open, or they had to go. Or they had to go. But they are con artists. They don't make sense to me, these people. Dorit and PK. And I like Dorit on screen. I'll be honest. I, I go back and forth. Sometimes I really despise her. And then other times, like this season, I'm really loving watching her. But again, she's a bit of a monster, but in like the fun housewifey way. Uh, but I can't believe this whole narrative 
that they are just Boy George's manager. That's confusing to me. Because look, I know a lot of people who are managers living here in Los Angeles. And it's not normal for someone to go from real estate to management and only manage one client. And maybe there's something we don't know or I don't know. But it seems strange to me that they just manage one client. And then it's all very odd. Everything's about everything's odd. And then why is the house just in Dorit's name? That's fishy. And you could see it in Dorit's face. You're, we're all kidding ourselves if we're just believing that Dorit just said, well, you know, it's normal. She, what did she say to the producer? Like, is your house just in your name? And the way she said it, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying what she's selling. She's, they're guilty of something. And I'm not sure what, but it's something. It's definitely something. Uh, also, I got to say, Garcelle, I'm loving Garcelle. She's got a very deep, sexy voice. Even in her tagline, she's like, it's very dramatic and deep and sexy. It's like, life's an audition. And honey, I'm getting the part. It's very Kim Cattrall. It's like a little Luann from New York Housewives, a little bit of Kim Cattrall from Sex and the City. It's a little bit of a mix of those two. Life's an audition. And honey, I'm getting that part. I get chills. I get chills. It's a little Luann. It's a little Luann, and I mean that as a compliment, because I love Luann's voice. Very sexy. I'd like to hear Garcelle start to do some singing. Maybe we could get Garcelle into a cabaret. Quite honestly, I'd like to see a cabaret from Garcelle. I'm tired of Luann's cabaret. I've seen it too many times. I've seen it a hundred times, Luann's cabaret. She just hops on a stage and bangs the bongos for a couple minutes and then walks off. And I think Garcelle could give us a better cabaret show. No offense to Luann de la Seps, but I would like to see Garcelle banging on a bongo and singing about Cheeks de la Vies. That's what I would like to see out of Garcelle. So hopefully, if Garcelle sticks around long enough, she'll give us a single. That's what the world needs now. Um, I'm really sold on this season, though. There's uh, a lot that we're getting, and I think we have a lot to look forward to. I hope, I hope I'm not wrong. Maybe I'll be wrong. Sutton, too, you guys. I think a lot of people are hating Sutton, but I think Sutton's like the fun kind of hating, if that makes sense. I think she's really obnoxious, but in a fun way. And maybe I'll change my mind about that very soon. But I'm finding it like a fun way. And she's got that sort of Luann, early New York kind of air about her where she thinks she's better than everyone and she knows about Yachtware. And um, it's exciting. It's exciting to me. Also, we got to talk about Erica Jane, who's opening up. She had a lunch with Garcelle. Garcelle, this lunch was fantastic. Garcelle reveals that she's going to be a grandma. And then Garcelle says, how's your hubby? And Erica says, he's good. He's 80. Then Garcelle replies with, how's sex? And Erica says, it's okay, which she's lying. <laughs> We're all kidding ourselves if we don't think that Erica was lying right there. There's no way that Erica and Tom have sex, and that's okay. I'm fine with that. He's 80 years old. I don't think I want to have sex at 80 years old. I want to just be sitting in my home, uh, playing a video game or some, relaxing with some Golden Girls episodes or something. I'm not, I don't need to be getting down at 80. I don't fault them for that. But we're all kidding ourselves. You know, Erica was like on camera and she's like, oh, I guess I have to pretend we have sex. There's no way. I don't buy it. Mm-mm. Nope. It's not happening. Nope. It doesn't work. There's no way. <laughs> I don't even think he could get it up unless he's taken some sort of pill. I don't, maybe he has taken a pill to please her, but I don't buy it. I just don't buy it, which is fine. Again, I think that's totally normal at 80 years old. Who wants to be doing it then? Um, but Erica was crying. She cried again later in the episode. It was a beautiful moment with Tom. It made me love, I love Tom. I really do. 
I hope it doesn't sound like I'm hating on him because I think he's the best, one of the best men on this show. But she cried and Erica never cries. She cried twice in one episode. I was so proud of her when she's getting on Broadway. And we're mentioning Luann Delaseps. Luann at last season's New York reunion said she was going to be in Chicago on Broadway. And then they just passed her over for Erica Jane. And that's something. And I need to know what happened there. I need to know what was this peaceful transition between Countess Luann being on Broadway and then Erica Jane on Broadway. What's the, what's the deal? What's the deal? What's the tea? Um, anyway, uh, Garcelle's got a new house. Did you see Garcelle was looking at the new house with Allie Landry? who is still stunning. I remember her from the Doritos commercials or the 98 Degrees music video for I Do, uh, parentheses, Cherish You. She, of course, was a love interest to all of the men in that video. I remember the MTV making the video very well, very well. Nick Lachey had his blouse off. And you guys know I'm not the biggest Nick Lachey fan, obviously. But uh, he did have his top off in that video. And look, in, in the year of 2004, when I would see Nick Lachey without a blouse on, it was a good time for Danny. It was a confusing time and a good time. So Ali Landry was the, uh, the reason he took off his blouse in that video. So we always can thank Ali Landry. And I was appreciated seeing her. And I wondered if we're going to see more of her. She's beautiful. I'd love to see her as a housewife. I think she had some sort of drama in the press or something. I'm not sure. Anyway, then we also get some scenes with Teddy. Uh, she's doing an accountability thing, and she texts everyone to come or don't. She says, I don't care. And <laughs> they're all like, you definitely care. You definitely care. Uh, but she's pretending not to. And that's sort of a diss, too. Like, I understood what the women were saying later at that Sutton launch thing. They were saying, look, if I'm coming, it's you should be happy about it. Like, don't tell me not to come, or don't ask me to come, and then when I say I'm coming, say you don't give a fuck. Like, that's rude. I got that. I got that. Um, Sutton opened the store, which was fine. Um, what else? Oh, I loved at that store opening that Emily from Us Weekly, she's a true hero. She asked Dorit about the headlines, and Dorit was so pissed about it. <laughs> and here's the thing with Dorit. I know she doesn't want to answer all these things. Like, the producers are asking her about lawsuits. Us Weekly's asking her about lawsuits in the uh, fucking episodes. And so we know that Dorit doesn't want to talk about this. And... When it comes to reality stars, I think that they can't be mad about what they ask. Sometimes I have some of the reality stars on the show, and there'll be like conditions on what I can ask them or what I can't. And I always get so upset because it's always like the big stars that I have on, like the biggest names or, or the act, successful actors or whatever, they don't ever have any conditions or any restrictions on what to ask. But then it's like these reality stars will say, oh, you can't ask this or can't ask that. And reality stars aren't offering us like skills. Like their their job is to show us their life. So they ha- we should be able to ask about their life. Do you know what I'm saying? Like their whole gig is that they're being real and showing us their lives on camera. So that should mean anything is on limits. Like if you're a comedian or a writer or a, a an actress or something where you're offering us another skill, then I think it's totally normal for those people to say, hey, I'm not talking about my personal life in an interview. But when your job is reality TV, like there's no, Leslie Grossman always says, you know, they work for us. She says reality TV stars work for us. So she always says she'll go up to them in the middle of a restaurant. She doesn't care. She's asking for a picture because they work for us. And I totally agree with that. Reality stars, that's your job is showing us your life. So Dorit, you can't be mad that somebody's interviewing you and asking you about your lawsuits because that's what you, you don't do reality TV if you don't want that. Anyway, 
uh, what else? Uh, Sutton comes for the mayor, which was an awkward moment. And that's it. Next week's a dinner party, and they're, they're dubbing it. I've heard this. I don't know if it was in an episode description or what, but they're dubbing it the next dinner party from hell, and I can't wait. Wow, so that's Housewives. You guys, I got to say, we're going to get to our interview with Bali from Family Karma in just a second, but I got to say, thank you for listening. I've had so many wonderful guests recently. I hope you're listening to the episodes because they've been a dream come true for me. They've been so fun for me to do. And this upcoming Monday, a very special guest is coming on the show. So please check that out. Monday morning, it will be out. And uh, what else? I thank you all so much for listening. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. If you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. I'm doing one bonus episode a month over there, which you can get access to if you pledge $4 or more per month just doing one a month. Uh, although I've been trying to do a couple extra, but just just one a month. And then if you want any of the t-shirts or we have wine glasses, you can go to everythingiconic.store. We're also selling, if you want a personalized cocktail book for fancy AF cocktails, which I co-wrote, uh, you can get a personalized copy there. If you want to send it to someone, I'll write whatever you want in it and I'll sign it. And, and you can buy that at everythingiconic.store along with all sorts of other stuff. And then on Cameo, cameo.com slash Danny Pellegrino. Okay. Now with that, I want to leave you with my chat with Bali from Family Karma and watch the finale. I think the show is so refreshing. And by the way, I think season two would be really good. I, I see like a lot of potential in that show. And so I hope you guys are watching and enjoying. And um, okay. Love you. Bye. All right, guys, I'm here with Bali from Family Karma on Bravo. Bali, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. And yourself? Going a little star crazy, but you know, hanging in there. Right. I was just going to ask, what are you up to? Where are you? How are you with all of this craziness that's going oh, on? Oh, God. I'm home in Miami. Uh, my daughter's here with me. And I mean, you know, for the first couple of weeks, I was okay because it was almost like, oh, like a forced vacation. Right. <laughs> and now I'm so ready for an overpriced cocktail. I know. I I just want to go to a restaurant. I just want to... Exactly. I'm so ready to have like sit in traffic and pay way too much for valet and way too much for a cocktail. I'm so ready for it. Right. You know, yesterday, it's funny you say that. Yesterday was the first day where I took like a really long drive. Like I was just driving Mm -hmm. around because I needed Mm -hmm. to, I needed to go somewhere. Um, uh, How are you doing with the show airing? Like, how has it been? Has it been exciting? Has it been nerve wracking? Like, how have you been feeling each week? Oh, God. Well, every week, like you said, is different. Uh, Each week has been a different emotion, different experience. It's been overwhelming because um, the love has been so great. The love for the show, the love for the cast. I mean, going into it, we knew this was going to be a big deal because it's on Bravo and that's a big deal. But then, like, you're the first full Indian cast on American television and then people are loving you and now people are quarantined. So you know, more people are watching that may not have. And um, it's been it's been overwhelming getting used to like social media trolls and the love and it's it's definitely been an emotional roller coaster. Right. I can imagine it it has been. I've loved the show. I think it's so refreshing. Um, but there must be a lot of pressure because it is the full first full Indian cast. Are you guys are feeling that, right? Um we are we are just because 
just because there are so many people that have questions and um, there are so many people that have these expectations and you want to be able to meet all of them, but then you've also got to like remind yourself that you can't make everybody happy. You know what I mean? Right. It is what it is. This is, uh, this is a magnifying glass into layers of our real life and you're not everybody is going to be happy with you, but for the most part, everybody's been very supported and uh, supportive and excited for us. Now I got to ask about O'Malley. Where are you guys at now? What's what's going on with the relationship? Well, we're very much together, but he is quarantined in Louisville, Kentucky. So it's been a minute since I've seen him. Seven weeks, actually. Uh, miss him horribly, and very still, very much together, and madly in love. Are you guys doing the FaceTime to sleep while you're um, in separate spots? I mean, every day, all day. <laughs> every day that. all day we're like binge watching our shows together the only thing that we're not watching together on facetime is family karma <laughs> that's the only thing that we don't watch because i'm like i don't want to see your reaction i don't want to have to deal with like your questions while i'm trying to tweet <laughs> like right, right. please just watch it and let's discuss later um, I want to ask, sorry, I was changing the, the light in here. Um, I want to ask about Monica and Brian. What's your take on their relationship? Do you think they should be together? Do you think they shouldn't? What's, what's your take? Um, you know, I think that based on everything she's always described, a man that she wants to be with, I think that they, I, I would love to see the two of them together. They're both really great, beautiful people. And they seem to have a really understanding and solid friendship. So I, do I think they should be together? Absolutely. You know what I mean? That she's always described him as the person that she'd want to be with, but why they're not together. I mean, right. Uh, the finale. Who knows? Who, who knows? knows right? to keep watching. They're both beautiful too. I mean, everyone on the show is so beautiful. It's, it's a really oh, a stacked cast of beauties. Um, what's going to happen on this season finale? It's the Sunday. What do we have to look forward to? Well, like all Bravo shows, it's going to be super exciting, high energy, high drama, um, explosive. I mean, you know, will they, won't they, as far as Vishal and Rich are concerned. And it's going to come full circle. You know, I mean, we started off with the foundation of our families and our friendships. And you'll see that at the end of the day, um, what our parents and our families have built for us as far as our community is concerned is far bigger than our daily petty challenges. And right. um, you'll finally see all of us together in gorgeous Indian outfits partying. I mean, uh, yes. it's all season to see that, right? Because we missed Anisha at Fire Tower. Right. Uh, what, do, what do you hope for a second season? Is there any word about a second season yet? Do you guys have any uh, kind of indication if that could or, or might happen? I mean, listen, we are all super excited and hopeful to have one, obviously. Um, but at the moment, we haven't heard anything. Fingers crossed, but we haven't gotten the green light yet. So if you've got any kind of like pull. Well, I, that's why I wanted to have some of the cast on because I really love it. And I think in terms of like the other Bravo shows, it's maybe not as dramatic. But then there's all the, also all these other wonderful things that we get in your show that we don't get in a lot of the other shows. And I also feel like there's just 
so much potential to, I, I love it. I don't mean to sound like I, it's bad because I think the season has been so wonderful, mm-hmm. uh, but I also see like how much potential there is. And so I'm just really yeah. hopeful that it comes yeah. back because I find it so refreshing. I agree. And I also think that our show has also aired at the right time when audiences and everybody sitting at home is looking for something light and something easy to watch. I mean, we have our drama, but you know, we're not ruining anybody's lives. We're not, um, we're not getting really ugly. And, and like you said, it's, we, we, I think we portray and show that family is important and relationships are important. And um, we zero in on those important things that I think the world is looking for right now. Yeah. And the cross-generational appeal too. I think it's wonderful that, you know, we have different generations portrayed on screen. It's just really fun. Uh, What would you like for a second season though, if you come back? Um, You know, I'd love to, for me personally, I'd love to, um, show you and the audiences more of like the different layers of me, like my friendships with the older women, with the aunties. I mean, how many times have you heard that I'm no auntie, but some of my closest friends are the aunties. So I'd love to show some more of that. I'd love for you guys to come on a bourbon tour to Kentucky. Uh, I'd you know, love it. Maybe a full cast trip to India, you know, and I'd love to, and again, because we are global, um, once we're in a safer world, I'd love to be able to like go on an international trip and, and show the world that, hey, look, we can still travel and we're good and we're all in this together. Right. And what's the audience response been like? What have you heard from viewers or, or even Indian viewers about the show? Everybody's loving it. It's been so overwhelming and so humbling. Uh, you know, I always say this, bravo to bravo for for showcasing us because it's been so overwhelming the love everybody has been really supportive um the indian audience i mean is just tapping into like my core when they say wow we really relate to you and we really relate to all these different stories it's so great and refreshing to hear that we sound the same we look the same and we're breaking from that you know stereotype that has kind of like followed us for so many years. So right. it's, it's really been a wonderful experience. Uh, do you watch the other Bravo shows? Like, are you a housewife watcher? What do you watch? I'm a Bravo whore. <sighs> so for me, this entire experience has been like even more surreal because Danny, I've had like a reunion outfit in my <sighs> head for the past 11 years. Like I've dreamed of being on a reunion. I watch all the housewives. I watch Shaw's uh, Vanderpump. I was joking and telling somebody yesterday that I even like was obsessed with a show a couple of years ago that was like called Naked or Stripped or something, <laughs> where people were like getting all their stuff was going away and they had to just kind of figure out what they wanted every day. Sure. I was even obsessed with that. Like I watch it all. So <laughs> to be on Bravo is surreal. Um, what's your favorite housewives? So you like the housewives. Beverly Hills is your favorite. Do you have a favorite lady? Lisa Vanderpump, hands down. Like she is, I want to grow up and be everything Lisa Vanderpump. I wish you guys had a, re- now I'm just picturing how you'd all look in reunion outfits. And now I'm upset I mean, there's no reunion. I'm like desperate for one, desperate for one. Well, hopefully we'll get a season two and then, uh, yeah. 
and and it'll be great. Um, Bali, thank you so much. Anything else you want to tell the audiences who've been watching you guys? Uh, anything else you want to say to them or leave them I mean, with? I just want to say definitely tune in for the season finale. There's a marathon all day. And um, I can't wait to hear if we're going to come back and have more fun with you guys. Fingers crossed. I think we need everyone to watch it. And I, I just encourage audiences to check it out, especially in marathon form. I mean, what else do we have to do? We're sitting around 100%. watching TV. And I think uh, it's just really refreshing. Again, it's it's something totally different than what we've seen on Bravo. And I mean that in the best way. And it's, it's fun. There's drama. There's different generations, beautiful people, beautiful locations. It's a, it's a great yeah. show. Thank um, you. And thank you so much for your support. Stay healthy. Thank you. You too. This was so sweet uh, getting to know you and and meeting you. And hopefully I'll get to have you on when all of this stuff uh, clears out if you're ever in LA. I want to see you, give you a hug and do like everything in person. I know. Well, Bali, thank you so much. All my love, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time. And I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 